When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right. Panthers leading the Maple Leafs 4-2. Just over three minutes left in the third period there. Kraken and Stars will start in a bit. Tomorrow, Devils, Hurricanes, and of course, right here on 6.30, Chad, Oilers and Golden Knights, 5.30 for the face-off show game at 7.30. Game two is now Saturday. Yes, I know many of you are irritated. The Fan Park and the Playoff Plaza in Ice District are now both 18-plus events. There is going to be age verification, wrist banding, and no re-entry. First come, first serve. They open two hours before puck drop. Still going to be free. Still going to have your adult beverages, food trucks, DJs, and the game on the giant outdoor screens, but it's 18+. plus. The family-friendly viewing, uh, a new thing now in Sir Winston Churchill Square for games one and two of the series. Gonna Event hours for games one will be 6.32, so that'll be family-friendly, fa- family-friendly, family-friendly, no liquor sales, no alcohol consumption. And remember, if you're going downtown and you want to get in, go early so it's not a big crowd. If you're going and you think it's going to be full, don't go and try to push your way in. Just say, hey, I'll have to go another night, and you can go uh, watch the game somewhere else. A lot of people want to go there. Five bucks for the watch party tomorrow in Rogers Place. Get your tickets at edmontonoilers.com. Shania on Saturday inside the building, so no watch party inside Rogers Place, but the outdoor stuff will be happening. And baseball tonight, uh, 6-6, Blue Jays and Red Sox. It's now the top of the eighth at Fenway. All right, so the Golden Knights advanced with the win over the Winnipeg Jets. To uh, discuss that team from the Athletic in Vegas, it's Jesse Granger. Jesse, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I have a silly question for you, and I hope you're not irritated by it. (laughs) Does anybody ever call you the Lone Granger? (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Uh, we we do have a segment on uh, the athletic hockey show, though, that I come on, and we call it Granger Things on oh. the Stranger Things show. So that's pretty brutal. <laughs> so, so you're already irritated, so I couldn't make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's, happy to join. <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. Okay, so thanks for rolling with my uh, sense of humor. All right, so look. I, I'm glad we brought you on, Jesse, because there's a lot to talk about in this matchup. And I think at the end of that series, at, at least in Canada, so much of the story became, did you hear what Rick Bonus said about the Jets? And, oh, the Jets folded the tents. And, oh, the, you know, the Jets this and the Jets that. Well, Vegas play, <laughs> played pretty well, right? Did, did, that, did that, some of that get lost in, uh, in Bonus's criticism of some of his top players? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, and I think that when this Golden Knights team is at its best, that's kind of the effect it has on other teams. Um, they, Like Bruce Cassidy said, I think he said it really well during that series, he said, we don't truck teams. 
Um, we're not a team that comes in and blows you out with a bunch of offensive scoring. We just play really sound defensively. We forecheck well. We suppress teams and we frustrate them. And I think you saw a frustrated Jets team by the end of that series. You obviously saw a frustrated coach um, that felt his players could do better. But like I said, I think that that's what the Golden Knights do to teams. And now, looking forward to this series, they're going to try to do the same thing. It is much, much, much taller task to frustrate McDavid and Dreisaitl than it is to frustrate an injury-plagued Winnipeg team because by the end of that series, the Jets were missing a lot of their firepower. So I think it's going to be a lot tougher, but the Golden Knights are going to try to do something similar um, against the Oilers. I feel like... When I watch the Golden Knights, now look, I know the line combinations, I know the history of the players and how they're perceived and what their roles are, but I, I almost feel like if I watched the Golden Knights and had never seen them play before and didn't know anything about the players, and you said to me, identify the first line and identify lines two, three, and four, when they're playing well, I, I might not be able to tell them apart. Is, is that a fair look at them You know, when they are rolling? Yeah, especially the way Bruce Cassidy's got the lines configured right now. He's definitely got three evenly talented lines. Um, the fourth line is, is a bit more of a checking line. Um, centered by Nick Waugh, they, they can score goals, and especially, I mean, they, they were without William Carrier um, in the first round, and he came back just in that last game five, and he had a career year for them. He was on pace to score 20 goals, and he didn't quite get there because of some injuries, but he, he can provide some offense to that fourth line, but for the most part, the fourth line is a checking line, but then you look at the other three lines, and um, I totally agree with you. You really can't pinpoint which line is the best. You've got Jack Eichel centering what they what they run out is their first line. I mean, they take the first line rushes um, along with Jonathan Marshall so and Ivan Barbashev, but the second line with Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson was probably their best line in that series against Winnipeg. Um, and Mark Stone's the best player on this team. And then you've got the third line with William Carlson and Riley Smith who have been very, very good for this team for six seasons. And th to be honest, they've been the top line for the last – I don't know, for the last six seasons for the Golden Knights. So, yeah, they, they've got their, their lines spread out pretty evenly. Okay. It's, I was talking about the Golden Knights the other day with somebody, and I said, like, they got a great team, and in the playoffs, everybody hits and everybody gets hit. But I just wonder if, if there's one guy, if I was coaching against the Golden Knights, I would say, you got to go and bang this guy. you got to finish your check. I know he's an incredible player, but maybe, maybe, maybe you can just disrupt them enough to even take a quarter step off his game if it goes six or seven games. To me, that's Alex Petrangelo. I mean, to me, he's still the guy driving the bus there. Uh, give me some perspective on him. Like, is, is, is that fair to say that he, I still think he's kind of the focal point for that team? He's so good. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. Um, we were asked at the Athletic to give our MVPs of the team we cover, and he was my pick for the Golden Knights. Petrangelo is their anchor on the back end. He plays the toughest minutes. He leads the team in ice time every night. I can imagine with the way the Oilers are going to roll McDavid and, and Dreisaitl out, Petrangelo is going to play heavy, heavy minutes in this series. Um, Bruce Cassidy has mentioned he'll throw any of his three pairs out there, and he's not worried about it. But when it comes to crunch time and they've got a defensive zone faceoff, and you see McDavid and Drysdale skating over there, I think it's going to be very hard for him to not send Petrangelo over the boards over and over. So um, he's going to be a big piece to this team. And like I talked a lot about the forwards, but the real strength of this Golden Knights team is their defense, their blue line. Um, it's Petrangelo, it's Alec Martinez, who led the NHL in blocks. Um, Braden McNabb's their big physical guy on the back end that throws hip checks. He's been a little banged up, so he hasn't been as physical in these playoffs um, as he normally is. So we'll see if that 
continues or if he's feeling better for this round. And then obviously Shea Theodore, who's a great puck mover back there. But I agree with you. Petrangelo is the guy back there, and, and he, he does drive the bus for this team. All right. In goal, Laurent Brassois is a great story. Uh, you know, Kelly Rudy was talking about him earlier in the show, how he got a long-term injury, finally repaired. As you know, he was an Edmonton Oil King in junior. He was uh, an oiler, one of the stops in his NHL career. Uh, just tell me about seeing his his journey this year. And, and I imagine his success here, the, 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 his teammates and the fan base got to be really embracing what he's been able to do. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool story. A guy that's 30 years old and he's never been able to grab a starting job in his career he's been a very good backup there have been times i can remember a few years ago when he was in winnipeg he was one of the best backups in the league and a lot of people thought wow if this guy gets a chance he could be a starter but he hasn't grabbed onto it and, and you mentioned the, the the injury he had hip surgery this offseason and he told me that that hip had been bothering him since he was an oil king since he was in junior hockey um he hadn't felt right and after that surgery, he had to go down to the AHL. The Golden Knights had a couple goalies playing really well. He had to work his way back up. But that AHL time gave him a lot of playing time. Um, he was able to find his game. He, he mentioned it's nice to be able to do what your mind wants to do. For so long, he, he wanted to make certain techniques. He wanted to make certain saves, but his body just couldn't do it. And now he's finally reached a point where his body um, feels the best it's felt in a really, really long time. And he's on the top of his game. The uh, – Sample size isn't big, and you know with goalies, um, that's always the biggest worry. He only played, he's started 15 games this season, playoffs and uh, regular season, but he's yet, he, he didn't lose in regulation in, in all of the regular season, and his only loss so far was that game one loss to Winnipeg in the playoffs. So he's been very steady behind the Golden Knights. They don't ask a lot of their goalies, um, so I think that that's definitely helped him. They, they really limit high-danger chances. They don't allow a lot from the slot, so they make it easy on their goalies. But he's, he's been good enough and, and given them a chance to win pretty much every night he's been in net. And now he's got his biggest test. I mentioned it's going to be harder to frustrate these, these Oilers than it was the Jets. Uh, this is going to be a much tougher task for Laurent Bressois um, in, his, in what is turning out to be a reunion tour for him um, these playoffs. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Hey, I, I want to ask you, how long have you worked and covered sports in Vegas now? Um, I, for a while, I mean, I right out of high school, I was or sorry, right out of college, I was covering boxing and UFC and some high school sports, and then um, for the local paper here, the Las Vegas Sun, and then I was covering the Golden Knights from before they had a team name. Um, when when the NHL awarded Vegas a uh, franchise, I was covering them. So I'd say probably about eight years total, but six years covering the Golden Knights, basically their entire existence. So. And I'm just thinking, like, NHL, NFL came there. I saw some list of all the things Vegas, like, I think there's, like, a big car race there now. Like, I know Vegas has always been Vegas, but how do you contrast the sports scene to 10 or 15 years ago? Yeah, it's incredible. Um, it really is incredible. <laughs> Obviously, for someone in my position, it's really good um, to have this explosion right now. It's, it's really funny. I mean, Vegas has changed so much. I've been, I've lived here 16 years, and it's changed so much from it used to be a lot more gambling centric. Um, and I think that they've kind of gone away from that. Obviously you can still gamble here if you want, you're not going to have a hard time finding a slot machine there everywhere, but you look at the casinos and the casinos have gone away from gambling more and they've gone more towards shows and nightclubs and day clubs and pools and all that. And now lately they're trying to become the sports capital of the world. I mean, you mentioned the Raiders in the NFL are here. Um, we've got the golden Knights. They've got, a, a minor league soccer team. They've got a minor league baseball 
baseball team. Now the Oakland A's look like they might be moving here, so we might be getting MLB. Um, obviously, all the UFC and boxing that they've always had, the Formula One, um, they just hosted an NCAA basketball tournament game for the first time. It's a really cool time to be a sports fan in Vegas. Okay. Well, thanks for that perspective and for filling us in on the Golden Are you coming up to Edmonton next week? I will be there. Okay. Well, I look forward to, to meeting you. Hopefully, they don't, they don't change the schedule anymore. Hopefully, it's set. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> thanks, Jesse. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Jesse Granger covers the Golden Knights for the Athletic Soto. He's not the lone Granger. He is uh, Granger things. It's over in Toronto. Uh, Panthers win game one, 4-2 over the Maple Leafs. Okay, uh, CFL draft is going on as well. I believe we're going to connect here with the Elks first-round pick. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Of course, the CFL draft is continuing. The Elks have just made one pick to this point. It is the uh, second overall pick, and they take a linebacker out of Montreal, Michael Broderick, and Michael joins us now on Inside Sports. Michael, my name's Reed. How are you doing? I'm great. What about you? I'm doing all right. Where are you right now? Um, I'm uh, home with my parents uh, down in St. Marcelac. Okay, awesome. And what was everybody's uh, reaction when they found out that the Elks picked you? Uh, we were extremely excited. Um, we, we weren't ex- expecting that. I mean, uh, the second I heard my name uh, on the television, I, w- I was expected to call. Uh, well, I thought uh, I was going to have a, a phone call before I had a seeing my name on TV, but uh, my agent, uh, 10 seconds uh, before calling my name on TV, texted me, and he's like, you're second overall, congrats. And I was like, what? And, yeah, and after uh, I heard my name, so I was really excited. Okay, so did you think you were going to go this high? Were a lot of teams talking to you? I wondered how it felt leading up to the draft. Honestly, I didn't expect uh, anything at some point. my goal was to be drafted, um, high or not. I'm, uh, I'm really proud of uh, what I've, uh, I've uh, accomplished uh, since the Combine and before the Combine, so uh, that, that, that's pretty much it, yeah. Okay. Um, have you been to Edmonton before? Yes, at the Combine, actually. Oh, right. You were just here for the Combine, of course. So any, any other times yeah. in your life? No, never been to Edmonton. Okay, awesome. Well, you're going to be out here for camp uh, pretty soon. Let everybody know what type of a player you are. How would you describe yourself? Um, I'm a versatile player. Um, I've got speed. I'm I'm a special team guy. I'm ready to to jump in front of everything. So, I mean, uh, I'm a hard worker guy, so I've been working since the end of the season, so I'm ready to, to be at camp uh, as soon as I can. How old, how old were you when you started playing football? Um, eight, eight years old. And who got you into it? Uh, well, it's a family thing. My father played uh, when he was younger. My brother played until university. So I started playing when uh, we were young and kept playing and kept playing, yeah. Okay. And were you always uh, a linebacker or what positions were you? 
Um, I, when I started in the career, I played a bit of a running back, uh, changed to wide receiver, but at some point I got a bit, uh, a bit uh, bigger, so they changed me to linebacker, and since then uh, I've played linebacker for almost, I think, uh, 10 years. Okay, what do you like most about being a linebacker? I think it's just um, being able to tackle guys with the, the football. There are, people are always... Uh, uh, always talking about guys running the football or throwing the football, but I'm the guy who likes to tackle them and make them feel my uh, I'm there. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. What? Uh, who's your favorite football player or athlete? Anybody you look up to? Well, I've been a uh, 49ers fan since um, I, I'm a kid, so Patrick Willis was a, has always been my uh, the guy I was looking uh, at when I was a kid. Okay. Awesome. Well, Michael, congratulations on uh, being drafted by the Elks. We, we wish you all the best here. Do you know when you're coming out to town yet? You got you to get here pretty soon, don't you? Yeah, uh, I've heard about uh, next week or this weekend, but I uh, didn't schedule yet my flight and everything. We're supposed to do that uh, tomorrow. The, the Elks uh, told me to enjoy the night, and uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Okay, well, thanks for making Inside Sports a part of your uh, evening. I know you probably want to want to get back to your family and friends. Really appreciate it. Congratulations. All the best. Thank you. Okay, right on. There he is, Michael Broderick, newest member of your uh, Edmonton Elks as they take him second overall in the draft, linebacker out of uh, Montreal. And we get him right here on Inside Sports. And as I finish that interview and I look up at the television, we get a uh, very early goal from the Dallas Stars. Two minutes and 25 seconds into the game, they take a one nothing lead on the Seattle Kraken. Pavelski back in the lineup. He gets the goal. Still no Jarrett McCann for Seattle. And uh, as I was telling you, Panthers knock off the Maple Leafs 4-2. as uh, we get you ready for round two. So Wednesday, well, that's tomorrow, Edmonton at Vegas. Saturday, Edmonton at Vegas. So and then after Saturday, it's every second day. After Saturday, it's all it's every even numbered day until May 16th, if needed. Does that make sense, Kellen? Yes, it does. Yeah, Kellen actually, for once, thinks something I said made makes sense. Mm-hmm. Thanks, buddy. Well, we've been waiting for this with bated breath since you know the Oilers just won on a weekend and that stuff, uh, just to see what the schedule would be like and and everything and i i think the confusion from yesterday and that stuff kind of added to the to the controversy around it and and that stuff and today and everything but we have dates we have times we start tomorrow night up again you know let's go oilers we're ready to go so i'll be broadcasting from uh the watch party inside rogers place and again i told you about the outdoor events the playoff plaza and the fan park are now 18 plus events it's still free There'll still be the the beer and stuff, the food trucks open two hours before puck drops. So try to get there early. And then the family-friendly stuff is in Churchill Square and uh, open from 6.30 to 11.30 for game one tomorrow. So that's uh, that's what's happening there. It's going to be, uh, I mean, this is, it's a fun time of year. The Oilers are doing great. As I've said numerous times, best team they've had in a long time. I'm really optimistic about how they can do. The picks that I gave on Oilers now earlier today, I am taking the Oilers in six. I'm taking Dallas in six, though part of me is thinking, why am I questioning Seattle at this point? They just keep going. But Dallas does have Ottinger, and I I still think, you know, Seattle is good. I don't know if they're that good. So I'm taking... I'm taking uh, Dallas. Maybe I'll regret that. Carolina, New Jersey. I picked Carolina in six. 
And again, the, I mean, just like Seattle, though, they just keep going, right? They they had that. Uh, Ken Danico was on the show, talked about the long winning streak they had earlier in the season. Um, but I, I don't know if that the, the goaltender, Akira Schmidt, I mean, I don't know. Can he keep going? That's a big question mark to me. So I, I know Carolina has some guys hurt, but I took Carolina in six there. And I got to stick with the Panthers, Kellen. I picked them to, to beat Boston in you seven got it. in the first round. I actually was right, even though I did horrible with my picks. I only got three out of eight. Uh, I got that one, so I got to keep going with the Panthers. I will take the Panthers in seven, and they did win the first game tonight. All right, Oilers now from noon to three tomorrow with Bob Stoffer. He's got the extended three-hour version during the postseason, and I'll join you for the face-off show at 5.30. Edmonton and Vegas will start a little bit after 7.30. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. You uh, go to uh, globalnews.ca630chet.com for the latest on the draft, and Morley will have more on the uh, morning sports run. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer tonight. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.